Ladies and gentlemen, from across the pond in the United Kingdom, this is your world champion Jermaine speaking from the Vessel Addict Radio Patron, welcoming you to Freddy's Fate 5. Thank you so much for taking on my idea, looking forward to see what has made the list. And with that being said, let's start the show, hit that intro. Welcome everybody to episode 14 of Fretz's Fave 5, right here on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon page. I am Mr. Fretz at the Legendary JF, and this podcast is brought to you by Jermaine, my, my good brother from across the pond, our Patreon member, and our dear friend Jermaine Lang. You can follow him at I am Jer Amazing, J E R Amazing, and of course, as you hear the rally cry of the 2020 Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, Jermaine, he's a fellow Chiefs fan, so all points to him for that, and all credit to him for the idea for this week's top five. For this week's Francis Fade 5. And it is top 5 WWE moments outside of North America. Now, if you want to get a shout out, if you want to be featured on Francis Fade 5, send me a voicemail on anchor.fm slash Fretzelmania. That's F R E T Z O E Mania. Or, if you prefer, you can even send me uh, a video or an audio clip on on Twitter or however you want to reach me. So please, for future ideas, hit me up. Jermaine, this one's for you, buddy. Cheers. And starting off with number five is quite a historical tournament. And that is none other than the inaugural WWE UK title tournament that took place in January 2017. Took place in Blackpool, England in the Empress Ballroom in front of about 3,000 fans. And just previous to this, at a press conference at the O2 Arena in uh, Southeast London, Triple H revealed that there would be a 16-man tournament to crown the first ever UK champion. And uh, this was a special that aired on the network. And it gave us Actually, it gave us most of the NXT UK roster. The tournament participants included Mark Andrews, Tyler Bate, Danny Birch, Joseph Connors, Jordan Devlin, James Drake, Pete Dunn, H.C. Dyer, Sam Gradwell, Saxon Huxley, Roy Johnson, Don Maloney, Trent Seven, Tucker, no, not that one, Tyson T-Bone, and of course, Wolfgang. 
Now, there was a few alternates announced for the tournament, but they were not used because they would have been backups if there were any injuries to the to the 16. And these people were Tiger Ali, not that one, Ringo Ryan, Jack Stars, and Chris Tyler. However, four of these fellows would be in a in a dark match uh, before night one. Yeah, this was a two-night tournament. And it was a two between the 14th and 15th of January 2017. So we had first round matches. Trent Seven defeating H.C. Dyer. Jordan Devlin defeating Danny Birch. Sam Gradwell defeating Saxon Huxley. Pete Dunn defeating Roy Johnson. Wolfgang defeating Tyson Tom T-Bone. Joseph Connors over James Drake. Mark Andrews over Don Maloney. And Tyler Bate over Tucker. The next night, we saw the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the finals. There was a match here. Um, I believe Pete Dunn, who was in the uh, semifinal match here, jumped his opponent, Mark Andrews, and kind of got in Triple H and Regal's face. And he was the really, really hot heel coming out of this tournament. He was the one guy that everyone looked at and, and was like, holy crap, is this guy going to be an absolute star in the making this man is a future wwe champion covid be damned i still think this man is going to be in the main event of wrestlemania someday he is still relatively young he's still in his early to mid uh mid 20s uh of course you know he would later go on to win the title having a 685 day UK title reign. Holy crap. So next night we saw some bangers. We saw Pete Dunn over Sam Gradwell. Mark Andrews over Joseph Connors in an absolute stormer. Wolfgang and Trent Seven in a battle of the beasts. Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin in what would be uh, Kate Murphy's dream. Uh, Pete Dunn and Mark Andrews having another another classic. Tyler Bate and Wolfgang in a great HBK Diesel-like match. And there was a fellow here named Tommy End. Wrestled uh, Neville. You know, Pac. And Tommy End would, of course, go on to be Alistair Black. I believe uh, WWE at this point were kind of... Uh, keeping their eyes on Mr. Tommy End. And after this uh, tournament, they, in fact, signed him to a developmental deal. And now he is featured heavily on Raw in smoke-filled rooms, kicking people in the face. He became an NXT champion. Uh, tag team? Ch no, he wasn't a tag team champion. Or did he win the Dusty Cup? I can't remember which one. I think it was the Dusty Cup. And then in the finals, Tyler Bate defeated Pete Dunne to become the first ever UK WWE UK champion. I believe he was only like 20 or 21 at this point in time. So he became one of the youngest title holders, not only WWE, but wrestling overall. You know, I think Lou Thez might have been only 19 or 20 when he won his first, his first world championship. The, although this match was amazing, it didn't even come close to their 
NXT TakeOver Chicago match not long after this, which just blew everything out of the water and was probably one of the best matches of the 2010s. Not only of the year 2017, but the decade. A damn fine match. And of course, they had a uh, another tournament uh, ne- next year, but it was, I believe, just a United Kingdom number one contender match. And this, of course, featured uh, Zach Gibson, uh, w- one of the best heels in in the UK, uh, the UK scene right now. Although he unsuccessfully challenged Pete Dunne. This was damn fine. And it also featured more of the of the current uh, UK and 205 Live roster. Although I'm not going to talk m- much in about it, but I'll give you some notable people in here were Jordan Devlin, again, Jack Gallagher, Drew Gulak, Legaro, Dave Mastiff, Flash Morgan Webster, amongst many people that... Uh, wound up joining the ranks here. And of course it was another another great match with Tony Storm, Killer Kelly, and Isla Dawn. Uh, British Strong Style defeated the Undisputed Era in an amazing, amazing six-man tag team match. So yeah, the UK, the UK division was basically born out of these two great network specials. I apologize if the audio kind of glitched out a bit here and there i'm just still trying to figure things out on audacity after doing this program for the better part of six months so anyways on to my next one number four is actually very historic despite it being fairly recent Survivor Series 2017 was supposed to showcase brand versus brand, Raw versus SmackDown, champion versus champion. However, representing both brands at this time was Universal Champion Brock Lesnar and WWE Champion, the modern day Maharaja, one of my favorite Canadians, yes he's Canadian, Gender Mahal, don't hinder the gender. However, in a shock smackdown in Manchester, England, AJ Styles became the WWE Champion, I believe, for the second time in his career. This might have been his first, I actually can't remember. November 2017, not long before Survivor Series, uh, WWE pulled a fast one on us, and I actually think they they did this again with Daniel Bryan the following year. AJ Styles vanquished Jinder Mahal's seemingly never-ending title run, which in actuality was like four months, maybe. However, you know, Jinder defeated such notable legends as Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura while holding on to his title. Yeah, let's just forget that that title run included a Punjabi prison match and the return of the Great Kali. (sighs) Yikes. Yeah, so simply for the shock moment alone, this isn't the last 
title win in the UK on this list. But the reason why this is so historic and shocking is that this is the first time the WWE World Heavyweight Championship changed hands outside of North America, which is absolutely staggering given the fact that the title has been around since 1963. Crazy. Crazy to think about it. I mean, you've had various other titles changed hands elsewhere. I mean, Paul London and Brian Kendrick won the Raw Tag Team titles in South Africa for a day. Men on a Mission became the Tag Team Champions in England for a day. But this one was really special because this allowed us to witness one of the best matches of Survivor Series 2017, which was WWE Champion AJ Styles versus Universal Champion Brock Lesnar. Brock works great with the smaller guys. I mean, look at his match with Finn Balor from Rumble last year. It was amazing. I mean, Brock Jinder would have been passable, but it wouldn't have been Brock AJ. So, for that moment alone, for just a random episode of SmackDown, because world championships don't change hands on free TV so much anymore. <laughs> because it'll put butts in seats, right, Shivani? Ah, wow. So, number three... <laughs> FTRFTW. <laughs> yes, this involves the revival in in some capacity because they were involved in the first NXT takeover across the pond, that being NXT Takeover London, which took place on December 16th. 2015 on the WWE Network, of course, and this event took place at the SSE Arena in London, England, in front of 10,079 fans. And yeah, this was the first time that a takeover broadcasted from outside of the United States. This could have been the genesis of the NXT UK brand, the NXT UK Championship. Now, while this was a fairly short card, there were three dark matches probably filmed for future episodes of NXT Weekly TV. So we had American Alpha, Chad Gable and Jason Jordan defeating Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy with Alexa Bliss. Hey, remember when Blake and Murphy were a tag team? They were former champions, you know. And they also defeated the Hype Bros, Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder, and the VOD villains, Aiden English and Simon Gotch. The next dark match saw Elias defeat Bull Dempsey and Sami Zayn defeating Ty Dillinger. If that was the undercard, if that was the dark matches, what did we get for a main card here? We had Asuka defeating Emma 
or Emelina, if you will, who was accompanied by Dana Brooke. Dash and Dawson, the tag team champions, the revival, FTR, defeated Enzo and Cass with Carmella in an amazing, amazing tag team championship match. It had all the hope spots, like Enzo was just so close. Enzo and Cass were so close at getting the tag titles, but Dash and Dawson were just all over them. And I think this was one of the ones that were, they may have won by submission or they might have hit the Shatter Machine. Because I remember them winning a match where they just kept working a guy, locking, locking him in the reverse figure four forever and ever until he tapped out. I think that's how they won the titles from the VOD villains. Next up we hear, we had Baron Corbin defeating Apollo Crews. Bailey defeating Nia Jax by submission. And in the main event, Demon Finn Balor dressed up as Jack the Ripper, defeating Samoa Joe, retaining the NXT Championship. And Bailey, of course, in her match with Nia Jax, retained the women's title. Fresh off of winning it from Sasha Banks in the amazing Iron Woman match at, at TakeOver Brooklyn. My goodness, this card is stacked it was known for finn balor's amazing uh jack the ripper-esque entrance oh man i miss those special demon entrances like each different one had a theme i mean he did he did a jack the ripper uh he did like a chainsaw one unless i'm mixing these two up and uh this was right after Nia Jax's debut on NXT, we had uh, Bailey or Karen, as some call her now, including my co-host Nate. That's funny, kind of. <laughs> Nia Jax dominates a whole big portion of the match, countering all of Bailey's attempts of a guillotine joke into leg drops or Samoan drops. However, there was finally a guillotine choke that Bailey hung on to and Nia Jax tapped out. Uh, Apollo Crews and Baron Corbin had decent chemistry together. We had uh, Corbin executing a deep six for a near fall. Uh, Crews countered the end of days and hit an Enziguri and a standing moonsault for a near fall. But after lifting Corbin for a powerbomb, Corbin grabbed the ropes, escaped, and then hit an end of days to win the match. And yeah, I said, as I yeah, I said here, we had uh, Enzo getting caught on the top rope and got the Shatter Machine. Asuka, had, Asuka won her match with the Spin Kick. And this was, this was a fantastic takeover. This is one of those hidden gems. Because there's been something like 40 takeovers on the network now. And a lot of them are just kind of lost in time. But this was when NXT was starting to really gain momentum as a third brand. And th this was top-notch, phenomenal, fantastic action. Now, number two actually didn't take place in the UK. Number two was very interesting. This was the WWE Network special called The Beast 
in the East. Not to be confused with the late Bam Bam Bigelow, the beast from the East, New Jersey. This was a event that took place in Tokyo, Japan. While this network special was surrounded around Brock Lesnar, it featured Finn Balor winning the NXT Championship over Kevin Owens. Now, initially, this was just going to be a house show that was going to feature Brock Lesnar. Featuring Brock Lesnar's non-pay-per-view WWE appearance since 2004. Reportedly, Lesnar requested a spot on this show so he and friend Brad Renegans, who is a former Greco-Roman wrestler, could go visit Japanese legend, the late Masa Saito, who at the time was in bad health and would sadly pass away three years after this. However, on May 28th to 2015, when Brock Lesnar was announced, they said, you know what? Why don't we put this on the network? Why don't we have this uh, th this whole thing on the network? So then, WWE revealed the, the entire match card for the show, and there was one match that was going to take place here. However, it saw uh, the end of someone's career. He had the New Day versus Tyson Kidd and Cesaro was going to be announced, but Tyson Kidd was suffering an injury. Uh, that was indeed the, the muscle buster in, injury against Samoa Joe, and Tyson's career would be over. Kevin Owens defended his NXT Championship against Finn Balor, originally at TakeOver Rival in February 2015. Uh, Owens won this match over Balor, despite the fact he was dressed up as the demon. And Finn says he doesn't need the demon to beat Kevin Owens. Balor earned another shot at Kevin Owens at TakeOver Unstoppable a couple of months previous to this after he beat Tyler Breeze. And then Finn vowed at Beast in the East, Owens would meet the Demon. And also, it is noted that Hideo Itami and Tatsumi Fujinami were also advertised to appear at this, although sources are kinda, kinda out there. Now this, ma th this match card is really, really interesting. As I said, it's just a house show. So, Cesaro defeated Diego of the of the um, Los Mat I almost said Lucha Brothers. My goodness, they were Los Matadores, uh, which this one was 
uh, uh, Primo. And then the Lucha Dragons, Kalisto and Sin Cara, the Hunico version, defeated the New Day in a tag team match, New Day being represented by Big E and Xavier Woods, because Kofi Kingston was kind of busy later that night. Uh, and in a really good match here, uh, during one of his returns to the WWE, Chris Jericho defeated Neville by submission. This would be... Uh, oh, Chris Jericho wouldn't be done in Japan after this, let's just say. <laughs> uh, Nikki Bella retained the WWE Divas Championship in a triple threat match against Tamina and Paige. And then a match we, we would see... Uh, some four years later, with different things on the line, Brock Lesnar made short work of Kofi Kingston, defeating him in just over two minutes. And then here we saw Finn Balor as the Demon, making his return to Japan for the first time since one of the Wrestle Kingdoms. I can't remember which one. Zach, hit me up. Let me know, please. <laughs> he defeated Kevin Owens for the NXT Championship. Now, I don't remember if this was his first NXT title or if this was his <coughs> second, excuse me, COVID be damned. <laughs> but this was just a, a top-tier match, one of the best of the year, despite you know it being on a house show. And the main event of this special was... Um, excuse me. I need a little bit of beer. Got a bit dry there. Dolph Ziggler and John Cena defeated Kane and King Barrett. Yes, King Barrett. I'm afraid I have some royally bad news. Yeah, so this was one of those specials. I think it's one of the few specials from the WWE that took place in Japan. I think it might be one of the only ones. I'm not counting, like, SmackDown and Velocity that took place in Japan. If I can sideberg here for a second, I remember, like, it was yesterday, there was a there was a taping of SmackDown in 2004 in Tokyo. And when they taped an episode of Velocity, they had the never-ending feud between Akio, you know, the future Jimmy Wang Yang, going up against Paul London in an amazing cruiserweight match these two just had great chemistry great matches great feud i'm disappointed they never made pay-per-view but they were always they were always relegated on velocity and number one in case you can't tell it's so obvious but my number one choice is indeed the british bulldog is gonna win whether he wants to or not. I'm so sorry, Jermaine. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, my number one is British Bulldog winning the Intercontinental Championship. Wembley Arena. SummerSlam. 1992. August 29th, 1992 to be exact. In front of approximately a disputed number of 80,355 of his fellow countrymen. Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, defeated Brett the Hitman Hart for the Intercontinental Championship. 
However, infamously, British Bulldog was kind of under the influence. Um, to quote Bret Hart's book and to quote Cultaholic every time the British Bulldog comes up on the Classic Wrong Classic Smackdown reviews, Bret, I'm fucked. Uh, there's allegedly throughout the day where yeah, Davy Boy was out doing drugs and during his match with Bret Hart he was absolutely wasted don't know on what some say it was crack some say it was this I don't know but watching this match you know Bret Hart kind of carried a little bit but some adrenaline or something must have kicked in because Davy Boy, man, he nailed it. Despite the fact he was fucked. I'm sorry again for doing accents, Jermaine. Love you, buddy. <laughs> he pulled off one of the greatest matches and moments of his entire career. You know, there was a whole bunch of pin counters and power slam attempts and sharpshooter attempts however there was a running power slam a variety of suplexes you know Hart managed to lock Smith in the sharpshooter and got a few boos I mean coming out to the match Bret Hart got a mixed reaction right mostly because hometown hero Davy Boy Smith was challenging him now that infamous spot while uh, Hart was attempting a sunset flip. Smith countered the move into a sit-down, pinned Hart for the Intercontinental Championship belt. And the place absolutely erupted. Uh, Hart refused to, to shake Smith's hand, but then he changed his mind and hugged Smith, as well as Diana Hart, Brett's sister, Davey's uh, former wife, were in the ring to, to celebrate with this. Now the undercard of this uh, particular bet was also infamous for various reasons. We had the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk, defeating Money Inc. And well, Hawk, he wasn't the only non-sober person on the card here. I think maybe Hawk and Bulldog were out doing stuff together. Who knows? But, you know, if you saw the dark side of the ring with the LOD uh, some time ago, you'd learn that Hawk was was wasted in this match. He was gone. You can kind of tell afterwards when he's um when he's celebrating, he raises his hands in the air, he, he kind of looks a little downtrodden, a little guilty, a little upset at himself because well, he couldn't do the doomsday device. I mean, Animal could lift could lift up you know, IRS or or Ted for it, but if Hawk tried to do the flying clothesline to one of the guys, he'd kill him. So, of course, Animal would win this with a power slam. And then the rest of this had a relatively decent match between Rick Martell and Shawn Michaels. Ended in a double countout. Uh, the Natural Disasters, who actually got a really good pop, you know, defeated the brothers Beverly with the genius, one of my personal favorite managers of all time. Kona Crush defeating the Repo Man. The Undertaker defeated, defeating Kamala by disqualification. 
Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage had a match that ended up in a countout victory for the Warrior. However, Randy Savage retained his title. Nails defeated Virgil, and in a few dark matches that wound up appearing on various different uh, Coliseum home video specials, and not not on the the home video release. We had you know the Bushwhackers and Jim Duggan defeating the Mountie and the Nasty Boys. Papa Shango defeated Tito Santana, and Tatanka defeating the Berserker. Huss. Huss. Now, this had a a great reputation for being a great pay-per-view. The rest of the card was kind of wonky. And uh, kind of sadly, this was one of the last pay-per-views of various... I'm just going to go out and say it. Steroid users in the company because we had... A lot of people from like the Hulkamania era were, 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 were fizzling out. I mean, the Bushwhackers would be on and off for the next few years. Uh, Jim Duggan wouldn't have a pay-per-view appearance again. I think he might have been at King of the Ring 93. I might be mistaken. You know, the Legion of Doom were gone after this. Uh, like, Nails was a few months away from being gone. We had... Earthquake and Typhoon wouldn't be long for this for this company either. And we saw little inklings of the new generation start to to seep in and take over from the golden era. We had Shawn Michaels, we had Bret Hart, who were just on the cusp of superstardom. Uh yeah. And this was one one of the greatest moments i think at least in uk wrestling well at least from the wwe side there's probably some uh, uk moments featuring johnny saint and big daddy that i'm not even aware of because uh frankly i don't know the history of the uk wrestling scene to me it sounds like something that would be kind of fascinating but yeah that is my fave five and thank you again so much to my good brother Jermaine Lang for coming up with this list. The top five, my fave five, because <laughs> that's the name of the show, WWE moments from outside of North America. Very creative idea. And hey, Jermaine, don't let this be your only one. If you have more up your sleeve, please, please hit me up. And folks, if you out there in the Patreon verse or or in the Twitterverse, because this will also be available on Ambiguous Productions slash Fretzelmania, or Anchor.fm slash Fretzelmania. You can send me a voicemail that'll be featured on the show. You can send me a tweet or a Facebook DM or what have you. And your theme could be a future Fretz's fave five. So that has been it for me. I hope you enjoy this show. Please like, share subscribe tweet what have you be safe god bless you i love you bye